Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help you make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Guided Spirit Conversations. I'm your host, Marla Goldberg, and happy October 1st. It's so hard to believe that it is now October, and Halloween is just 30 days away. But more importantly, Mercury Retrograde is only 12 days away, and it is peeking into my life as we speak. But let's welcome today's guest, which is Terry Britt. Terry is a former USA winner, or I think that's the way you might say it. She's former Miss USA. USA. She is a spiritual coach, energetic healer, and a former radio host of Leading with Love, as well as a founder of the Women's Leaders of Love Global Community. She is the author of several books, including an award-winning author of The Enlightened Mom. Terry has been on a mission for over two decades to help women and their families raise their worthiness quotients, don't you just love it, to abundance so that they break the generational cycle of lack and suffering and lead lives they love. She is a mom, a wife, a stepmom, and a nana. Welcome, Terry. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Just, you know... I love your energy. Love what you 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 are about. And today we're talking about why being so good is so bad for you and for bad or for the people around you. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to jump into that because it's so true that you know, were taught true. to be good girls, good boys, and behave in a certain way that society dictates. Yeah. It- it's what we're seeing right now in our culture. When we look at all the lack and the pointing fingers, when the, there's so much blame, that comes from lack. And lack stems from trying to be good. I, can I explain it to you? You want me to jump Please right do. in and explain no, it to you? Explain everything. So <laughs> let me just tell you this. I was raised to be good. And in being good, that meant you deny yourself. You suppress your voice, your thoughts, your feelings, your dreams, even though you went after them. But if it showed up, you had to resist it. You couldn't really receive it. And as a result, I constantly stayed on the hamster wheel. And then when I became a mom, I found myself perpetuating the cycle with my kids of you need to be good. You need to do it right. And then by doing that, then you become the best. And so what we see in our culture is this sense of competition and you against me. It's based in lack. It's based in this sense that if you're good, you will receive life's rewards, God's rewards, rewards from the people around you. Whatever it is you're seeking, we have been programmed to believe that if you're good, you will have that. But what I've seen (laughs) in my own experience (laughs) is that being good makes you crazy. It makes you nuts. It makes you feel as if you're always, you stay in emotional chaos. I mean, how many times have we all questioned ourselves? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? And that's all based in this sense of, I have to be good. And then you will love me. You will give me what I need, what I want. Then you will like me. I will belong. I will fit in. I will survive. And it's all based in lack and that need to perform. It is, to me, it's a, it's a epidemic. It's its own pandemic. Okay. It is, it is so 
such a problem, Marla, in our culture. I see it over and over and over again. I'll tell you quickly. Yesterday, I was on with an 87-year-old man who has beautiful children's books. He was on my radio show a couple of years ago. So he reached out. As I'm talking to him, I'm reading his energy, and I can see that he still, at 87 years old, doesn't have permission to receive. Now, that is very, very sad because for you to have the life you want, for you you to go out and and follow your dreams and then receive the, the acknowledgement, the financial of, you know, payouts or whatever it is that you're seeking, good relationships, you have to be able to receive. If you're trained to be good, you are, you are programmed from day one to not receive. This is the problem because if we were all in a state of receptivity of the universe is abundant and I have everything that I need and it's showing up for me, there would be no you against me. There would be no political dissension. There would be none of it because everybody would trust that what is theirs is going to show up and they would begin to trust that the universe is abundant and that there's enough for everyone. But instead, we're in lack and it's, it's creating havoc on our planet. How did you learn about this? How did you come to understand <laughs> this way of thinking and believing? Um, so I told you I was that... I was on that hamster wheel. I was always trying to be good and be the best. I continually found myself. I'd win the accolades. I'd get everything that I wanted. Then I would feel empty and say, what's next? What's next? What's next? It was when I won Miss USA. It was really interesting because I went into the Miss USA pageant. uh, I went into Miss Arkansas to the Miss Arkansas pageant on a whim looking for a break to get out of Arkansas. I ended up winning and then went into the Miss USA pageant two weeks later, talked about drinking beer and dipping skull on the back of a pickup truck in my top 12 <laughs> question. And then I won. Well, what was so interesting is that in that moment of winning, of course, there's the elation. My, my mouth was as big as a Grand Canyon. And then I had this sense of, is this it? Then the next sense was, oh, my gosh, what have I done to my boyfriend's life? He was out in the audience. I was 20 years old. We had talked about getting married. And I knew that winning Miss USA was going to ship me to New York. He was going to be left in Arkansas, which meant it was going to cause him pain and suffering in my mind if I really claimed this crown. It was so, you can see it in the pictures. Like if you were to go back and look at some of the videos of Miss USA 1982 crowning moment, you'll see this moment where I look in the audience and I just, you can see the guilt on my face. It's ridiculous. And what was so interesting is thankfully my parents and my boyfriend talked me into taking the crown because I I considered giving it back that night. I sat in my hotel room and actually considered giving it back. That's how screwed up I was in being the good girl. But by the end of the year, all of my money had been lost. I gave it to my dad to invest. He lost all of it. I had to sell most of my prizes to be able to pay my taxes. And I was back Worse than when I had been, because I was now, I moved to Los Angeles and I was now driving an ugly duckling rental car. I'd gone from high rises, private, you know, private jets with, I was dating Wayne Newton that year and, and, you know, first class and went down to being just what I had always been. And I, I couldn't receive this title, right? I couldn't right. receive it. Or anything and I, that went along with it. Yeah, I couldn't receive it. I, I could not claim it. It was, there was this part of me 
that really truly believed, and I didn't know this consciously, okay? This was a subconscious belief. In my mind, I thought, yeah, I'm worthy. But subconsciously, my belief was, no, no, you can't receive this. You, good girls don't receive. They're, they need to prove they're worth even more. So I continued that. I continued it in the television industry, what's now the E-Channel, used to be movie time. I was the news anchor. Then I went on to, I left everything because I, I mean, it was, I would always see these glass ceilings. Then when I became a mom, I saw that I was perpetuating this cycle. So what happened was, is my dad died in 95 and I had always attached myself to his energy of, well, at least he looks like he's having more fun because both of my parents, I watched them not receive. They did everything for my sister and me, but they, they didn't really honor who they are. They were always performing and that's what I call it, performing. So I became like them, but dad at least looked like he was having more fun. Okay. He was out creating a business. So I attached my ways to his ways and going out, being the best. Well, he ended up losing everything in bankruptcy. And for 10 years, the last 10 years of his life became a hermit, an alcoholic, and ended up dying at the age of 54 from lung cancer. Wow. So I know, it was, but I look at it and I say, gosh, dad, what an incredible spirit you were because I believe in spiritual agreements now. And I say, gosh, you helped me get on my, on my divine path. So what, in, what happened was, was my therapist said, you need to get into meditation. And I ended up at a healing school. Well, well, let me tell you, when you choose to heal, when you choose to say, I am not interested in being angry because I was angry. I mean, I, my drive to be good and drive to be best, I got angry. I was so disconnected that just months prior to winning Miss USA, I actually beat up a girl. Can oh you imagine? <laughs> if no. the Miss USA people yeah. had known that, I probably wouldn't have won. But yeah, <laughs> it was that crazy. Wow. So I got into this meditation school and for the first time in my life, I'm feeling connected. I'm feeling supported. I'm feeling loved. I saw a spirit go across the room the first night. I had no idea that I had clairvoyant <laughs> gifts. I mean, it was just, you know, when you make that decision to heal, it's like everything begins to change. So as I got on this journey of healing and loving myself, because I made a commitment to myself, I said, I can see that me taking care of everyone else at the expense of myself is creating pain and suffering because I was angry and I was taking my anger out on my husband and on my little kids. I didn't want to be that. I wanted to stop the cycle. And by looking at my dad's life of self-denial and then dying, I knew that if I didn't stop the cycle, I was going to be perpetuating it. So I made a commitment to unconditional love, to loving myself unconditionally. And that meant no longer being good. What a huge shift. My relationship with my husband changed where we used to have these heavy walls between us. And this husband that I'm talking about, he actually died of a heart attack uh, after 17 years of marriage. And I've now been remarried to Charlie for 12 years. But at that time, the walls between Steve and me, my late husband, they started breaking down. We became more intimate, more more open-hearted, being real with each other. My family dynamic changed. Everything changed because I quit trying to be good. And I'm so grateful. It was interesting because when Charlie and I got together, Charlie showed up on my doorstep the day after my husband died and said, let me support you through this. I had been 
working on giving myself more passion in my life. Well, passion arrived the day after. And I'm trying to fix him up with a girl, another girl. You know, I just, I didn't know him. He was on, his daughter was on my girls' dance team. So I was trying to fix him up. And finally, one day he says, I'm not interested in this other girl. He didn't say me, but I knew. And a year and a half later, we got married. Okay, it was, it was just crazy. And what was so interesting is my kids, of course, got angry. His daughter got angry. He had, he was a, a, uh, his wife had committed suicide five years prior. So there was a lot of pain for the kids. But I knew in my heart that loving myself unconditionally was my greatest act of, act of service for my kids. Truly. So I was able to tell them, I said, I love you and I would never hurt you. But God comes first in my life. And for me, God is loving and honoring the way I was created. So I said that to them and I continued to walk my path of loving myself. Well, my daughter, who made me a Nana a couple of years ago uh, or a year and a half ago, when she got married, she gave me this beautiful handkerchief and on it was a little message talking about how I set an example of a great relationship. I thought, wow, you know, that is the prime example of me loving myself unconditionally, being that example for my family and helping them step into that role in their own lives and with their relationships. Cause I'm seeing that now I see them encouraging their partners to be fully real, to honor who they are, to love themselves. And they are doing it. You know, my daughters are doing it for themselves as well. It is, it's beautiful. It is the most loving thing we can do to stop being good. I love that. And I have to tell you, when you were talking about your life and how it was going and, and then you went to your school and you learned and you started to heal and you started mm-hmm. to shift, it's very, very similar to my story. And I'm listening to you going, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and I always knew that if it happened to me, it's happened to others. And you're talking about yeah. something very similar. And it's and it's almost like the the unattainable uh, images that, that are put out there that really, who can attain them other than the person who did? And they're hairbrushed, most of them anyway. So, you know, it, and it's just, like you said, it just puts a frustration on that wheel yeah. because you start And, and this was not just in the looks. It was not just no, in the looks. No, but it was in everything. Was everything. It was needing to be the the... I mean, my whole thing was to be valedictorian of my high school class. Well, I got salutatorian to me. I disappointed myself. Okay. I mean, that's where my mindset was. It's like, if I am the best, if I am so good and I am the best, then you will love me. And somewhere along that way, I will feel loved, nurtured, and supported. I didn't feel loved, nurtured, and supported. I felt like an emotional basket case. And I see this. I mean, this is what we're seeing right now in our culture, right? I mean, people are the heightens, the emotions are heightened. We're seeing this dissension, this separation. And it is because so many people have been raised with that belief of you better be good and you better do it right or you're going to get punished. Right. You know, yeah, I agree with you 100%. So let's give some examples before break of some okay. things that are good and then some things that you know, you could support to start working with that. Or let's do the good stuff now. And after break, we'll come back to how we can offset that. How we can offset it. So think of it this way. uh, And I've worked with a lot of families over the years. If you're in a family and maybe you're in a relationship, you are a woman or a man, you find yourself 
reacting to your partner. Okay. Because you want to say what you, you need to say, like your partner's not taking out the trash. It's a simple one, right? You need some help. Right. And you don't really ask. And so then you get mad. That is being good. That is you playing by the good child rules. Now, here's the, uh, the interesting thing. So a lot of women now and men are trying to transition into standing in their truths, right? They're, yes. they're trying to move into that place. We're seeing it more and more for years now. We've been hearing, put your mask on on the airplane and, you know, then you take care of everyone else. We've been hearing that. But here's the problem is that consciously we're doing that, but our subconscious mind runs 95% of our lives. If you have a belief in your subconscious mind that says you can't ask for what you want and you can't ask for help from your partner, even though you are asking it, Mm -hmm. your subconscious mind is going, no, you can't have this. You have to be good. If you receive this kind of support, you're bad. And so we don't even know. So we're incongruent. So that's one, that's a, a prime example of being good. And then we get mad at the other person when it's really us who is holding this vibration of you have to be good to be loved. So when you and say, that, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just have to get the clarification. When, so when you're saying good, it's mostly about being the giver, about when you give, 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 because in giving you get, you, you know, thank you, you're a good person for doing this. Good, 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 good. And then you can't receive well, it's that. That's part of it. But here's the other part of it. I mean, like for me, I was going after that, the straight A's, right? That's not helping mm-hmm. anyone else. That's not me being the giver. That's true. This is me being good and trying to show you that I'm worthy of your love and approval. So it's not, it has nothing to do with me giving to someone else. So being good runs in all areas. I mean, if you think, if you're like, into exercise and you want the best body and you think I've got to have the best body. So now you're, you're being good exercising and now you've got to be the best or even just being good. And you're doing it out of ego because you're wanting people to approve of you. Mm -hmm. That's performing. That's being good. And that is going to suck your energy dry because you're seeking love outside of yourself rather than from within. That mm-hmm. is so so true, and it's we and that's what we. I feel, every time I say trained, I, the word trained seal keeps coming into my head. So <laughs> oh, for no. some reason, spirit wants me to say like a trained seal. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah, that we yeah. that we do things whether it's for what for our ego or for acceptance and feet to feel worthy. And what is worthiness? A, a huge part of it is being accepted. When you're right. accepted, you feel worthy. Right, and it's all about. I think most people are trying to survive. They're trying to stay ahead of the game. We're in such a state of competition in our world, which is based in lack. Most people wouldn't think that, but it's based in lack, is that I have to compete against you to prove my worth. That is lack, speaking loud and clear. So there are so many ways we can see this. If you are not asking for a raise at work, you're being good. You deserve a raise. You, you need to be good. And you, in your mind, you need to be good. There's so many examples that we could discuss here about that. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go on our break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some more examples, but we'll talk about what we can do to empower yeah. ourselves and become worthy for ourselves. Woo-hoo. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a fucking long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My Fucking Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And if you're just tuning in, I am with Terry Britt. Terry is a former Miss USA winner, spiritual coach, energetic leader, healer, and former radio host of Leading with Love, as well as the founder of Women's Leaders of Love Global Community. Terry is the author of several books, including the award-winning book, The Enlightened Mom. She has been on a mission for over two decades to help women and their families raise their worthiness quotients. Let's welcome Terry back. How are you doing? I'm good. And it's yeah. quotient. It's like a quotient, quotient when we I'm think sorry. of quotient. That's okay. Well, I mean, I just... Reading uh, I quickly just and I appreciate it. No, no, no. It's worthiness quotient. And let me tell you what the worthiness quotient is. Is that okay? Can I just Absolutely. jump right in there? Jump right in. So when I was going through all my training 20-something years ago, I started studying energy. And back then, people called it woo-woo. Now there's all the science behind it, right? The quantum Thanks. mechanics and quantum physics. So so now it's it's really cool to understand that there is this science. Well, your worthiness quotient is how open you are to receiving love, nurturing, and support simply for who you were created to be. And it's based in the vibration you hold. Now, right before we went to break, we were talking about that you may be thinking that you're speaking your voice, but yet what's being mirrored back to you from your partner is you're not being heard, right? And you, you start getting angry. And then I said, in the subconscious mind, there may be a belief that it says you can't receive that kind of love and support. Well, your thoughts, and I'm sure some of your listeners who've, who you've had other people talk about this, but we'll just kind of recap it for anyone who's new. So your thoughts create feelings yes. and your feelings emit a vibration, right? Yes. And so whatever vibration you send out is what you attract to you. It's called the law of vibration. So we often think, I'm worthy. Hey, what are you kidding? I love myself. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I see this with people. And then, but the next sentence might be, but I can't understand why I can't, why I can't get that job raise 
or I can't understand why my partner is not loving me or why I can't receive a partner. Why don't I have someone in my life? I want a partner so badly. Why don't I have that? People don't understand that it's the vibration they're emitting and how open they are to receiving. So think about that. We think we're open to receive. We think if I work that much harder, if I do it really well, if I get it right, if I do the best, then I'm going to receive something. No, what you're doing energetically is you're saying, I want to experience want. I want to experience this this sense of never having what my heart desires. And because so many of us are not willing to go within and do the inner work to see what's going on in the subconscious mind, we stay on this perpetual hamster wheel. I mean, I look at it as the worthiness quotient as you've got a low column here and a high worthiness quotient here. And the low column is is where you keep doing the same old thing over and over and over again. You keep performing. You keep trying to prove your worth. And and you may be thinking, well, I am changing. I am changing, Terry. I'm speaking up. But yet you still have the same results. It's because your subconscious mind, which if you'll remember at the beginning, I said it runs 95% of your life. That's right. It has beliefs that say to you, no, you can't have this. And because that is what's going on and being emitted from your vibration, then you keep attracting things. So every time we keep being good, we're actually perpetuating this cycle of pain and suffering and lack, feeling like, am I ever going to have what I want? I mean, how many people can say that, right? How many times have we said, are my kids going to respect me? Why don't my kids respect me? Because you have a belief that says you don't deserve to be respected. You have something going inside of you that says you can't be heard, you can't be valued, you can't be loved. So we, we emit this vibration and don't understand that it's not the people who are doing it to us, it's how we're treating ourselves. So our worth is not determined by others, it's determined by how we treat ourselves, right? Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. It, shows, it shows everyone how you treat yourself. I, tell, I say this all the time, how you treat yourself shows everybody how you feel about yourself. Right. But we have to take it a layer deeper because as I said, if you're saying, well, I'm going to the gym, but yet, you know, I'm loving myself this way. But if you're not doing the deep inner work of healing the subconscious mind, you're going to keep seeing a lot of the same stuff. You've got to go within and really shift the vibration of your energy. So what happens when you, you start doing that, when you have the courage to really go deep and say, I'm going to look at myself, I'm going to release the, the guilt and the shame I'm holding on to. I cannot tell you how many people I've worked with that as a child, they took on a belief that they deserved to be punished or that they were wrong for being who they are just simply because a parent said, well, you need to act this way. The parents thinking this is what's going to bring you love, right? Because the parents in survival mode. So that child, what they hear is there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And so with that, if we think something's wrong with us, we have guilt, we have shame. Those are the two lowest vibrations that you can possibly have, right? True. So Dr. David Hawkins, he's got yes, Dr. David they're Hawkins. They're the two lowest vibrations. And so if you get those two low vibrations, you're going to attract crap to you. Absolutely. But when you, when you make the commitment to go within and say, I'm going into my subconscious mind, I'm going to clear this stuff up. Then you move into a high worthiness quotient. You're treating yourself as if you matter. You're hearing yourself. You're loving yourself. And in that vibration, you open up to receive. Now you attract things to you 
that feel magical because you're at a high vibration, you're going to attract things that are at a high vibration. It's true. I mean, things meet you from where where you're at. Um, So let's ask, I have a question. There are many, many people. They say, I want to heal, but they're afraid that they're going to feel all the pain again. They just, they don't Mm -hmm. jump into the whole healing process because it's, it is work. I mean, it, it, it is process. It is work. It's not always pretty. And it doesn't always feel good in the beginning. Right. It's like, what do they say? March goes in like a, lamb, a lion, out like a lamb. Well, that's what healing feels like to me. It's right. like sometimes it goes in like a lion, but when you come out, you're just going to feel all warm and fuzzy like a lamb. Right. And it is, you know, I think we've been programmed in our society. I don't think that I know this uh, to not feel that feelings are bad. Yes. So we have this belief around your feelings are a problem. Don't feel angry. Don't feel sad. Don't feel anything. Repress, 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 repress. repress. When in reality, our, our feelings are God's guideposts. It's our soul talking to us saying, hey, you're out of alignment. You're living by a belief that is not your truth. And if you'll just come in and clean me up a little bit, then you're going to move into alignment with the way you were created. And that's where the joy is. That's where the peace is. So, it's, I believe it's that belief that says, don't feel. Feelings are bad. Feelings are wrong. That, that's one of the first things we need to clean up, right? We need to clean up that belief that says they, are, they create pain and suffering. No, the feelings are what's creating the pain and suffering. It is, it's the beliefs inside of your subconscious mind that are creating the pain and suffering. I can't tell you how many times, Marla, when... If I find myself reacting to anything, and it used to be constant. Nowadays, I don't react to a whole lot. But if in the past, I mean, it was constant. I would meditate for two hours a day, cleaning up beliefs, okay? It was crazy. Um, when I started seeing the little shifts in mindset by going in and looking at myself, it was so profound, the peace I was feeling, the joy I was feeling, it it changed everything. I'll give you a little example. This was after Miss USA. This was after working in television, having millions of viewers. I became a mom and I'd go to the grocery store. I'd go to the bank and I would feel like this. Didn't bother me to get on stage. Day-to-day life, it was, it was creating havoc in my body and just feeling always anxious. So at first I resisted it just like society does, right? Mm -hmm. I resisted the feeling. And then one day I heard in my ear, it was my voice, but I heard embrace this, see it as a gift. I said, okay. So I started saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this gift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this gift. It took about two months and I had been feeling that for two years, but it took about two months. And one day I went into an office superstore feeling that feeling again And what I had been shown on my journey is to have a conversation with my inner child, that my inner child, when I'm reacting, is symbolic of the woundedness in my mind. So I'm at the office superstore. There's nobody there, and I'm feeling this feeling. So I leaned over my shopping cart. I imagined five-year-old little Terry standing there, and I said, what's hurting inside of you? It's causing you to react this way. And in that moment, what I heard her say was, When I go out into public, I have to act perfectly or I get into big trouble. That was the belief that was causing all of my anxiety that I had to act perfectly or I was going to get into big trouble. In that moment, 
I took my power back and I said, I'm the boss now. You have my permission to do cartwheels down this aisle if that's what you need to do. And let me tell you, it was so profound that it went away and it never came back. I mean, I got to the subconscious belief. I recognized it. I claimed my power. I became the divine mother to the little girl inside of me. And that anxiety went away and it has never come back. That is why it's so key to go into the feelings rather than resist them. We see so many people who don't want to look at something. We don't want to heal. We don't want to heal. And then we can't understand why our life stays the same, why we're still struggling, why our, our relationships aren't working, our career's not working, why we feel depressed, why we feel sad. And it's because we're not willing to love ourselves into a high worthiness question. We're not willing to do the work. And to me, and I know you would say the same thing. It has been the most glorious journey, right? Yeah. It's like being on an adventure, right? Don't you feel like it's you're on this grand adventure. adventure? It's amazing. It is amazing. And I'm so grateful that, yeah. you know, that I lived the life I did, which led me down to the point where I needed to find help. I got the help and my mm-hmm. life shifted. But let's, let's share with everybody. Let, let's say this is, you know, uh, learning to love yourself 101. What three tips would you give somebody to get them started down their road, especially if they're really apprehensive about doing so? Well, the first thing I would do is, first off, commit to unconditional love. Because unconditional love is where you find the joy, where you find the peace, where you find all the emotional chaos melting away. So you want to commit to unconditional love. And what that means is giving yourself permission to stand in your truth. Okay, so you want to think of, Am I loving myself unconditionally? And here's a really cool tool that I want to invite you to do. So you can write down some of the issues, make a column at the top of the column, say um, the performance or being good, whichever way you want to do it, because they're both the same. Stop the performance or being good. So write down where you have issues. And so maybe it's that you, your partner is not loving you the way you want to be loved. Your, your needs aren't being met. So you say, okay, um, my needs are not being met and this doesn't feel good. And so the, the difficult thing to do or what we would normally do is we would nag, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. We would nag. So what I want to say to you is instead of nagging, look at your little five-year-old inner child and ask him or her, what's hurting what is this mirroring to you? What is the belief you're holding on to that says this is what you deserve? Okay, think about that. What is the belief you're holding on to? Just like I told you a second ago at being at the grocery store or at the office superstore is what is, what's causing your pain and suffering here? What is the mirror to you right now? And when you can get that, give yourself permission. So maybe the, the, little, uh, the little kid says, I can't be loved. I, 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 don't, I don't get to be loved. Well, why? Because everybody else does. Well, where does that come from? Well, it comes from watching my mom and dad. That's what they did. Would it, does that make you feel good? No. Then it's not the truth. Anything that causes pain and suffering is not the truth. So then you ask her, how do I love you so that she can start receiving love. So by creating that connection within and loving that little kid, you start shifting the vibration of, oh, I can have my needs met. 
So instead of focusing on your partner, you're focusing on the little kid inside of you. You say, what do you need from me to feel loved and nurtured? And then when, when she gives you an answer by taking action, you start shifting the vibration of, oh, I deserve to be loved and nurtured. And you keep doing this for yourself. You keep loving and nurturing yourself. Well, now you're no longer nagging at your partner, right? Right. You're no longer nagging because you're feeling this connection and you will be shocked when you make the commitment that I'm taking responsibility for my happiness. I'm going to be the divine parent to my inner child by shifting your vibration the other person begins to shift. That's what I was talking about in the beginning with my late husband and and me. I was always nagging at him. Well, you're having all the fun and I'm not, or you're doing this. I mean, I was always doing that crap, right? Mm. But as soon as I started loving myself, I was no longer pointing fingers at him and making him the bad guy. So now he started to soften and his walls began crumbling. And then we could meet in the middle of, of really wanting to share our hearts with one another. As long as we're nagging, as long as we're being the victim, as long as we're blaming other people for our unhappiness, we're going to keep having the same crap. It's as when we say no more to performing, I'm giving myself permission to love myself unconditionally, and then paying attention to your reactions and saying, where am I performing? And how do I stop the performance? How do I love myself? Then we can move into a high worthiness quotient. And that's when everything can shift. That's lovely. And it, and it's so true. And I think of so many people that I know that this could be so helpful for because I think what people forget to do is say, I'm, it's, you know, it's not about them. It's about me. It's the decisions yeah. I make. It's my choices. Because yeah. my feeling is when you're young, you know, let's say under legal age, okay, you can sit there and bitch and moan all you want about your parents, your upbringing, your lack, whatever. But at a certain point, you now now have to start making making and taking responsibility for your own choices, your own decisions, and how they affect your life. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And we hear that, take be responsible for your life, right? But how do you do it? You take a dive within and commit to the healing work because that's where we create change. That's where we create change in the whole world. It has to start with us as individuals. True. And what about apologizing to your inner child? Because, you know, sometimes we as humans, we let our inner child down as well. And I, I'm a proponent of saying, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do better. Or I'm sorry you feel this Absolutely. way. But I can move forward, you know, by, by being the adult. And you can now be the child and be free and carefree. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think that any kind of conversation that we can have with that little kid inside of us, to make that child feel loved, seen, heard, nurtured, and valued, and let that child know that, you know, I get that I've, I've been out of the picture. But this is why I, my community is called Women Leaders of Love, is that we as women can step up and start being that divine parent to our inner child. Then we become that example and expression of love for everyone, not just for ourselves, but for everyone And it starts when we have compassion and kindness and gentleness for that little kid inside of us. So perfect. We need to take another break. We'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a long time? 
Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My Fucking Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I am with the wonderful Terry Britt. Terry is a former USA winner. 1982. She's a spiritual coach, energetic healer, and former radio host of Leading with Love. She is also the founder of Women Leaders of Love Global Community. She has authored several books, including the award-winning author of The Enlightened Mom. Terry has been on a mission for over two decades to help women and their families raise their worthiness quotient to abundance so they can break through the generational cycle of lack and suffering. And that's what we've been talking about. And we're going to get back to that in a second because mm-hmm. it's charity shout out time. So Terry's sh- uh, charity is feedingamerica.org, which is such an important organization. I know I've, ch- I've donated to it. And let's yeah. talk about why it's, it's so dear to your heart. I didn't know you were going to ask that. Well, obviously, I didn't know any questions, but that when you just said that, it was like, whoa. When I was a little kid, I remember I was never hungry, but one night I was hungry. And I remember saying to my mom, I'm hungry. Can I have something to eat? I was in bed, and she said, how about a piece of toast? For whatever reason, that triggers me. That triggers me to feel what about those kids that their mama can't go get them a piece of toast? What about those kids who, you know, when our tummies start grumbling and we're hungry, we can go take care of it, but they can't. And then over time, they may even start getting numb to that feeling. And for it just, it just, I don't know. It, it just tears up my heart. If I could do anything on this planet, it would feed all the kids and the parents, you know, because they're wounded children themselves. They're in their lack. But I I don't know when the pandemic happened, it was something that was just in my heart that said, you know, I have this worthiness quotient course and I, you know, normally have a price for it. And I lowered the prices and I said, I'm giving a percentage to feedingamerica.org because I just, if I, if that's the way I can serve, then I want to serve that way. And, And it's just, I don't know. It's just kids being hungry just tears up my heart that's the reason I chose that yes thank you it's it's beautiful and it's important and and 
Yes, we need to make sure, you know, we keep take care of other people in other countries so often, more so than the people in our own backyard. Yeah. And this is about feeding people here. If well, I, I live in one of the poorest communities in the state of Georgia. Um, there is a lot of hunger and homelessness here. And you wouldn't know it because they live in the woods. They live in tents, especially after the pandemic, people losing their homes. So I see it, and I have a friend who's involved in getting those people fed and housed. So I hear a lot from her and on a local level. It's, it's rampant. I don't think we realize how bad it is here in the United States. So, yeah, any way that we can help, we will. We don't, yeah, and, and let's focus on our own people and in our own backyard. I don't say don't help outward, mm-hmm. but let's help inward. And this is what I'm talking about with the confines of the United States. And yeah. help the people here because many of these people need as much help as those in other countries. Mm-hmm. It's well, just this is a, differently. Yeah, this is the way I feel about it. I think by listening to your heart, there's going to be people who are called to give here. And there's going to be people that are called to give in those other countries because those other countries may not have that many people there to help. Yes. So if you can do both, do both. If you feel called to give here, give here. But let's not forget here. I think yes. it's important that we are aware of all of it. And, and so wherever we feel called to give, to do it, but to know, I think the numbers are like 16 million kids in the United States are hungry. 16 million, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't have the exact number, but I think that's it. That's a lot of kids who are hungry. That's a lot of kids. And when the schools closed down because of the oh. pandemic, and these children got their nourishment because of programs at school, and now they don't have a way yes. of getting fed. Yeah. It, it was it was heartbreaking, absolutely yes. heartbreaking. Yes. So that's what tugged on my heartstrings, and that's what I've been doing through all of this and will continue to do. I think it's beautiful. So if you want to help uh, Feeding America, it's feedingamerica.org. Help any way you can. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take care of the people that we live with day to day. Absolutely. Not saying not to do anything else, but we also need to focus here again. Yes. Absolutely. Backyard. So let's talk about this class that you're offering. Well, uh, the Worthiness Quotient is a program. I actually sat with it for a couple of years because I felt like I wanted to bring something forward. I'm always asking for guidance. Okay, what, what am I being guided to do now? And I would teach a class and then I would take from it. And then I would teach a class and take from it. And I've been doing this for several years. I started teaching local classes uh, we have a coffee company here and I was teaching them in you know, the coffee shop just so that I could really see where people were hurting, what was needed, and also what I knew were some of the core issues about worthiness. And you know, it's a six-part digital series. It's got 18 meditations where I te- take you deep into the subconscious mind to clean up those beliefs that you don't know are there. We clean up guilt. We clean up shame. We, we look at where the beliefs that we hold on to. One of my favorite tools in the course is so much fun. It's called flipping the switch on your labels. Uh, When we do this, you'll look at the the labels that make you feel you're bad. Because if you feel you're bad, whether it's conscious or in the subconscious, you are not going to be open to receive love, nurturing, and support from the people around you, from God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. You're not going to be open to receive if you feel that there is something wrong with you or bad. So I take you through this process and, and I have seen people's lives 
changed within seconds. I was teaching this group of men back in Arkansas, and one of the men had this belief that he was a troublemaker. And when I took him through the process through the subconscious mind, he realized he was a truth seeker. Now, look at the difference between truth seeker and troublemaker. troublemaker. Big difference in energy, right? You would have thought the man had been reborn. He was 70 years old. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's never too late, right? It's never too late to do this. So and better late than never. Yeah. And, and so one of the big parts of the program is opening up to your intuition because part of us really listening to our souls and, and, and being in alignment with God is that we have to listen to the intuition. Well, if you were raised to be good, you're told, no, you don't know. Mom and dad know best. Your teachers know best and you don't know. So we quickly learn to disconnect from what we know is truth. So that's a big part of this because as I shared with you in my own story, when I you know, started in that meditation class and then to the healing and intuitive healing stuff, my world opened up. I started talking to the other side. I started talking to my guides. Um, I started, I saw relatives that had passed that were my guides. My late husband years later became a guide. So that was so cool. So we do that in the course as well so that you can begin to see that you're not alone. You don't have to perform, that you have access to this wisdom and guidance that is always there for you. I mean, how cool is that, right? I mean, you yes. know that. Absolutely. You know that, yes. right? It makes life so much easier and such an adventure. And then, as I said, we, we look at the, uh, the things that we need to forgive. We start looking at our passions because a lot of people will say, I don't know what my passions are. Well, the reason you don't know what your passions are is because you've probably shut down a lot of your feelings and suppressed because if you're always needing to be good, then you are going to be looking at what's going to get me ahead rather than what makes me on fire. Right. So we, we clean up all the beliefs around being passionate and then we start looking at your passions and we look at how you can dare to lead. I teach you about soul contracts so that you can see people's energy and their spirits so that if you're questioning, well, it's going to hurt them if, if I don't do this, you know, if I, if I do it my way, well, you can actually see the gift you're giving them. So it releases you to live dynamically and to be a leader of love, to claim your crown. And it affects your health. It affects your wealth. It affects your relationships. It affects everything by doing this. Wow. It sounds yeah. like a great class. And yeah. for you out there, if you want to look more into the class, you can find Terry at uh, Terry Britt, T E R R I B R I T T dot com. And you have your classes online, I'm going to assume, on your website. Yes, they are. But if, to make it easy, just go to terrybritt.com and then the slash, you know, like the little. Yes, I say forward slash, but some people call it different. And then the word crown, C-R-O-W-N, terrybritt.com forward slash crown. And that'll take you straight to the landing page. And I give different options to buy. So you can, you can pay what you can afford. Wonderful. And then we've got Terry Britt is offering um, a breakthrough bundle, an ebook of Women Leaders of Love, How to End the Number One Massive Mistake Women Make and Unleash help make and unleash your greatest act of service. And mm -hmm. you can find that at terrybrit.com slash leaders. Right. So, Terry, thank you so much. Thank so you. I so appreciate all your wisdom that you've brought. And I know we need to bring you back because there's so much more to be shared. <laughs> um, so um, thank, thank you, you so Marla, much. Thank you, Marla, for having me. I really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. So look for Terry at terrybrit.com, T-E-R-R-I dot 
T-E-R-R-I-B-R-I-T-T.com. And you can do it slash crowns for the class, slash leaders for the gift, um, or just see what she does. She's amazing. Thank I want to thank Voice America for everything you do for me to get this show on and running. I'm so grateful for you all. I want to thank Bridget, my assistant, left hand, right hand. Boy, she certainly came in well needed today. Yes. <laughs> As we uh, had some technical difficulties. I want to thank you, the listening audience, for taking the time out of your day, out of your life to participate in this conversation. Because if you're listening, it's something that is uh, resonating with you. Uh, even if you don't believe in what we're saying, there's still a resonation. So please know that this is all for everyone's highest and best good. And I want to talk about um, my sacred journal, which you can find on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And my other book, my bestseller, My Effing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path. It's a part memoir, part self-help. It's short. It's an easy read. And uh, I think you'll like it. You can find that on Amazon. I also want to ask a request of you, and that is, if you like the show, if you listen to the show, please like, please subscribe and review, um, because I'd love to know what you think about it. Also, if you have a show, a topic you want to hear, or someone you'd like to see, please email me directly at marla at mghealer.com, and I will respond to that. So, as I sign off with all of that information... (laughs) As always, I send you love, I send you blessing, I send you gratitude. Please be safe, be kind, and be socially considerate for others. Thank you so much. Stay well. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. 